I don't know the song. I'm not following, bro. Nah, everyone was like, yo, we need an intro. So we're just going to sing every episode. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Hey, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> yeah, you guys all been asking for intros, so that's the intro you're gonna get this week. Cool, sweet. So I'm Mike Lee. I'm Jerome Parker, aka Nerdwood Apps, and welcome to Millennial Lifestyle Podcast, that's a podcast cool. where we answer the important questions facing our millennial generation. So thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, I'm pretty excited for this episode. Um, we don't have a guest coming on this week, and we're just gonna go through some things that you know new kind of flow that we have going on unfortunately i have to be with mike this week only hey man you know that's a blessing actually people don't understand how much of a blessing that is to yeah. sit down with me for oh my god hour. i get an hour of mike lee's time it's amazing yeah uh, man some people don't some amazing. people get 15 minutes some people only get 30 minutes you uh, get an hour I should be blessed you are blessed are you baptizing me later bro hey uh, hey hundred uh, percent hey yo uh, man in, in your in your uh What's that, a bathtub over there, bro? Yeah, bro. I'll dunk you right now in this bathtub. I'll dunk me, my man. I'll, sh- dude. Hey, man, it's a blessing, Mike hey, Lee. Hey, man, you're about to come out a new man. It's, it's Mike Lee. It's Mike Lee, baby. Sorry, it's Mike Lee. Follow me on Instagram, at it's Mike Lee. You already know. <laughs> What's good, broski? It's been a while, man. And it has been a minute. Yeah, we kind of took a little hiatus for a little bit, had to figure out some technical things, but, you know, everything works out itself over, uh, over a certain period of time. Thanks, or, everyone, for listening. Uh, I know we've been away for a minute. Um, we had to figure, like Mike said, we had to figure like some technical things, uh, with our podcast. Cause it's not easy putting together, putting this together. Everyone says like our videos quality, our audios quality, everything like that. It's not easy keeping and putting together quality stuff. So it's really not, it's not, um, uh, plus schedules, time, all that. Mike's a busy guy. I'm a busy guy too. So, uh, speaking of busy stuff, broski, get into some good shit, man. I'm actually pivoting my my business into corporate wellness, uh, which is going really, really good for me. Um, talking to, is it okay to say clients on here or nah? I wouldn't name your clients. You wouldn't name my clients? Nah. nah that's Mike Lee advice. Uh, talking to some really good companies right now. Uh, I'm pivoting into corporate wellness, uh, mostly because I'm seeing a space, a niche in the market where you have 40 to 60% of the U.S. workforce is just not coming back to offices. And so companies are going to pivot that capital to virtual offerings, essentially. And I plan on getting in that space, uh, creating a business around corporate wellness and offering them corporate wellness suites, meaning using my master's degree, uh, offering them like meditation, uh, mental health, uh, mindfulness, yoga, Pilates, sound therapy, hit cardio classes, essentially whatever they need, and a full corporate suite package, top of other services and stuff like that. Um, that's essentially what I've been working on. Uh, and it's been going really good. I got like two clients already and I'm headhunted for more. So let's go. Congratulations. Thank you, broski. Actually, you, Mike Lee, it's Mike Lee. You've actually helped in that, bro. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, man. You know, I'm just here to provide opportunity to my buddies who can provide quality services. You know, that's what it's all about. Hey man, I appreciate that dog. Anything I can do to help you out, my friend. Um, also that, uh, booty program is launching March 5th. 2021 uh booty program for the ladies it's a 12-week program uh highly requested by the ladies of a mentally fit community uh website it's on my website it's available literally tomorrow 
So whatever you listen to this, nerdwithabs.net. Um, y'all can go on there, cop that 12-week booty program if you're trying to have your hot girl summer right. Uh, for this summer, you know, COVID last year took it away, y'all. I mean, like, I'm sorry. Some of y'all got that, like, pancake Zoom booty. Too many Zoom calls. <laughs> Too many. So go on the website, cop that, check that out. Um, and that's pretty much what I've been working on, man. My, my designer, Mark, at Millennial Designs, designed me a fabulous website. Uh, so... Yeah, man, that's what I got my hands into. What about you, Mike? What you been up to, Bresky? You know, just living life, doing projects, work with new people, trying to make shit happen. Mm-hmm. I don't have no shameless plug. I'm just here to, um, you know. You plug it, plug your shit, bro. I'm not plugging anything. <laughs> Add it's Mike Lee following Instagram. <laughs> that's my plug. I feel it. I feel it. So yeah, so actually, this week on Instagram, I was actually searching through my feed, mm-hmm. and um, this really awesome video came up um, talking about Rick Ross. And so one of the main things I that I that. caught was, you know, Rick Ross talking about how when you reach a certain level of money, it takes all the pressure away to just be creative, you know? Facts. So I feel like when, you know, most people say more money, more problems, but I feel like a lot of money can solve a lot of your problems. And once those problems are solved, you can use that money to kind of do, you know, live your life really and do whatever you want for mm-hmm. the most part, you know? Like you see people who make tons of dollars tons of dollars and then when everything kind of goes away they're able to kind of do whatever the hell they want when they want to and kind of live their life and i think that was really cool that i read like what do, what do you think about that do you agree with that kind of like all the pressure is taken away no i actually agree uh, and I actually saw that video you sent me uh, and i really like ross in his mentality it's not from a place of ego it's more from a place of let's continue to build and make each other better and push each other forward and I think when, uh, shit, I don't even know his net worth now. It's clearly in the nine figures. I'll look it up for you. Yeah, please do. Uh, that's why, yeah, Mike got the new setup with the new laptop, y'all, for this episode. I'm really digging it. You know, I'm chilled back on the couch. It's been a long day. But Mike got the, Mike, with the video, y'all see, <laughs> Mike got the laptop. Yeah, I actually have a whole new setup. I'm sitting in front of the board. I got my laptop. I'm not, I don't get to chill like Jarrell. I'm actually working hey, on um, looking stuff up and answering questions and things like that. So, right. Hey, man, I'll be there next week. You know, I'm just here to support Jarrell Parker. Facts, right? Um, but um, going back to to Ross, um, and I think as a lot of millennials can aspire to look up to in his mentality and how he approaches business and life and uh, friendships, uh, networking, everything like that. And I do agree with his philosophy, and it's kind of like uh, kind of like us and entrepreneurs, like we're slowly but surely building that environment that allows us to be creative. It's like for us to even do this on a freaking a Thursday night, you know what I mean? To be, to say like, hey, let's ha- make uh, allocate our time and our resources towards actually creating a podcast for for our generation, essentially. Let's actually try to be the leaders and pay the way to let people know that you can do this. You can do this at a high high quality scale um, and just provide the information that people need to advance their lives and to whatever capacity that is. So I definitely agree with that. So, according to CelebrityNetwork.com, says Rick Ross is worth $40 million. More than that. Um, his total career earnings top over $85 million. So, I mean, I think that's just $40 million public net worth. He might be worth a lot more based on his other investments that he has. Mm-hmm. So, this is just an estimated of $40 million net worth. Okay. But his career earnings is $85 million, so mm-hmm. it's all about what you do with that money. I'm sure he didn't spend $45 million mm-hmm. in his entire career. That seems like pretty crazy, but yeah. Rick Ross, six feet tall. He's 45 years old. 
45. I thought he was at least in his 30s. No, nah, man, like, you'd be surprised. A lot of the biggest rappers that we know are, like, you know, in their 30s, 40s. No, no, not like 30s, like late 30s, 40s. Wait, actually, my, who's your top two right now? My top two rappers? Right now. All time? No, right now. Who are you listening to? Shoot. Um, I know last time I said Tory Lanez. I haven't listened to Tory Lanez in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that's new, or does that have to be anyone? It could be anyone. Who you listen to right now? My number one rapper of all time is Smino. S M I N O. Smino? Who? S M I N O. Look it up. I went to his concert. My boy Simi, dude, greatest, <laughs> greatest concert I've ever been to ever. Like people here on this podcast are gonna know who Smino is. S M I N O. I found him. You know his stuff's fire. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna lock him in right now. Straight fire. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Right Once I get the setup put together, I'm gonna I'm gonna play his music on the podcast so you guys can like hear it. So, um, Smino's my top. Um, I really like Rick Ross. Actually, I'm a big Ross fan. I'm mm-hmm. a big Rose fan. For the music or the mentality? Come on. Um, I like his music. Okay, he got okay. that yacht style, luxurious, lavish, but he also got them heartbeats too. I mean, dude, like Rossbees. Dude, Ross goes hard. Like, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm a big Ross fan. Like, let me pull up my Spotify real quick. I'll tell you exactly. Yeah, it's Mino. Um, right now, Denzel. Actually, I lied. I've been super into Party Next Door, bro. I feel like I just discovered Which Party album? Next Door. Which album? Dude, he just saw the 2020 album that like has all his old shit. You know, like Persian Rugs. Yeah. I used to only listen to that song on um, SoundCloud. I couldn't find it anywhere on Spotify. So he dropped a 2020 like party pack or some shit like that. It's called... And, uh, dude, it's sick. Like, Party Next Door is actually, like, who I've been, like, you know, playing on repeat in the car. You know, because I'm a big R&B guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, when it's, like, late at night, I'm driving somewhere, I'm like, yo, throw that Party Next Door on. You know what I'm saying? Because the Party Next Door is really the shit. I'm actually watching this interview on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. You should watch it. So, I think I sent, I sent the video. Like, rappers getting nervous around hot women. Have you seen that? Say that last part yet? Rappers getting nervous around hot women. No. Dude. <laughs> So basically on YouTube, there's this video of like a bunch of different rappers and there's this like smoking Russian girl that like asks them all these like questions and probing questions and shit like that. You <laughs> should watch. I'll see the video. And um, literally party's like the coolest dude there. You know, he's just sitting. He's the coolest dude. He's just like, yeah, girl, you know what it is. <laughs> girl, you bad. I'll take you back to my place right now. And then literally um, at the very end, she goes, oh, um, are you going to take care of this? Like, like, pay the tab because they're like sitting down at a restaurant, mm-hmm. like, gonna pay the tab. And, um, who was it? Um, one of the dudes there was like, he, he goes, Let me see it. Shows the tab. What the hell? He goes, I ain't paying this shit. <laughs> nah. And, and the late party was like, Yeah, baby, you know, I got you. Don't worry about nothing with you and me. Hey, babe, what's good? You know, I got you, girl. Hey, bro, but she was bad. I was like, Yo, <laughs> like, I understand. She was hella bad. But yeah, anyway. Um, I got the party pack right now on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that actually what it's called, the party pack? Yep. Yeah, dude, that's just fire. Check it out. Nice. So, I've, yeah. I've been slapping. I'm really getting into producers now, bro. Really? Uh, just really just listening to beats just to really calm my mind. Uh, good 808 beats that I'm listening to the gym. 808 Mellow, who's a popular, uh, popular producer in New York for, like, Pop Smoke, um, Favi, and... All the all the rest of them, like CJ and all them. Uh been listening to Pop Smoke in the Gym a lot. Getting hype for sure. And then uh I'm also into logic. 
don't know if you know who he is. Yeah, of course, no logic. Like I've been listening to his old, uh, like Young Sinatra mixtapes on Dat Piff. I don't know if you guys know what those are, but like, I had my, uh, like first discovering of him, like as just as a lyricist, is just amazing. Puts me in a zone, motivates me the whole the whole shebang. I see you looking at your phone, man. What are you looking at? No, uh, his Bobby Tarantino album. Yeah, it's Bobby, good. Bobby Tarantino album's like actually really sick. Yep. Um, his old Sinatra Rat Pack mixtapes, all that. Forty four bars was probably like Where's dope, it? dope. But, but actually, his favorite, my favorite album that he has was actually Under Pressure. Mm. It's like buried alive. But that was his. Uh, that was his. Uh, his first album, right? Under Pressure was his, was his first album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I listened to that in college. And then uh, his most recent one. Um, I like his undeniable mixtape. Fire. Well, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yep. Um, the only song I listened to on it, honestly, was, uh, well, on it, okay, Keanu Reeves and then Homicide with Eminem because Eminem just pops off. Mm-hmm. Dude, Eminem's got so many bars, it's like, oh, my Atlanta. Like, Eminem just pops off. At least I get a taste of uh, what we like, uh, music-wise. <laughs> Uh, dope shit that I saw on Instagram. It was for my guy. We just will shout out to Justin Michael Williams. I love the dude. Um, a quote that I read, it said it ran in my family until it ran into me. I believe that I am the paradigm shift of my family. And I don't know, Mike, you, you feel me on this too. I believe that I'm the paradigm shift of my family. Like I'm going to be the one to, I like being the patriarch kind of, in the sense of in a good way of helping my family overcome the multi-generational like woes that of education poverty resources access all that that's lacking I feel I'll be the one to shift that I'm already seeing the blessings manifest with my little brother who's 17 and he wants to go to college like he wants to go to San Jose State. He wants to go, which I actually actually support because, like, I really had a fucking amazing time at SJSU. I know you did too, Mike. I love my time at SJSU. I loved my time at SJSU. Like, I told him, like, if he studies abroad, like, I'll throw him, like, 10 grand. Like, if you study, like, T, you're going to listen to this. Like, I told him that. Like, I'll throw you money so you can go have fun because I didn't have that when I studied abroad in Australia. Uh, so I really want him to just go live life and just enjoy it. Like, don't go major in friends. Don't major in whatever you study business or whatever. I don't even know. Mike, like side question, Mike, what would you, if you had, if you had kids in college right now, would you tell them to study given your experience? I mean, it depends on my kid enjoys. Okay. What my kid wants to do. If he doesn't know what he does. I mean, he, like, honestly, like for me, depending on what my kid wants to do in life, like I'm not going to press him out to go to college. Yeah. To be completely honest with you, like if I didn't have my full ride in San Jose State, I probably wouldn't have went. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like my mom would have probably pressed me out about it, mm-hmm. but like I'll probably went to community college and then transferred to some four year somewhere. Um, but I ended up getting a full ride for engineering, so I was like, you know, why not? All right, I'm gonna throw you a clip. What should millennials with their kids do from your perspective? What should they do besides going to college? Follow their passion. I mean, uh, you have to understand that, like. I have a different thought process about college. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like depending on what you want to do in life. And I saw how you used it too. What do you mean? As in like you used, you saw it as for what it actually is. It's a vast network of not only just opportunity, but also a relationship building. I mean, I, I kind of like fell into that, honestly. Like I didn't even realize what I was doing until later. But you did it masterfully though. Yeah. It was just, it just, just happened. You know, like I didn't plan it. Like I didn't, you mm-hmm. know, that wasn't my intention. I just happened to meet a lot of people and, and I was able to, you know, get to know people People seem to like me for some reason and, you know, <laughs> things like that. But 
Um, for me, if it just depends what you want to do in life. Like if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be that's a the typical cliche stuff though. No, but hear me out. If you want to be a doctor, you want to be a scientist. If you want to be certain types of engineers, I think you should go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's no other way for you to, you know, be accredited and be able to make a difference in the world. Right. If you want to major in coding or do things like that. I don't think you need to go to school for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, there's so many new applications where you're just able to kind of apply for these schools with only your projects. Mm-hmm. So for that, basically like, it's just kind of like you need to look at it and say, Hey, I want to go to school for coding. All right. I want to apply for a job with coding. Okay. How am I going to do it? All you literally do is you just apply with your projects and your background and your experience, things that you've done. You can still get a six figure job right in the Valley right especially now when it's all work from home stuff just based on your projects so i mean it really depends what you want to do like if you want to major in marketing personally i don't think you there's because the, here's the thing i actually had a conversation with someone about this this week so here's the thing about majoring marketing in school um when you major in marketing the stuff that you learn in school is like so old like it isn't oh, what yeah. the most up-to-date marketing strategies are like you're not learning the most up-to-date marketing strategies you're not unless you're going like a school or like your school is dedicated to like new age marketing media or some shit like that. You Which know is saying? essentially Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, all this other stuff. But there's other tools of marketing, right? Like there's like direct mail. There's like, that's old though. Definitely. not old. Email. Direct mail. I'm talking about like postcards and stuff, dude. I got a buddy that makes seven figures just based on postcards for right. his business. All right, I'll just shut up. Okay. Right you Like I do this for a living, Jarrell. <laughs> I don't see it. It's not. It's not I, my purview. I do print media for a living. That's okay. not in my purview. So I mean, maybe we should start trying it. So anyway, um, print media is one of those things that, especially, dude, consider this, right? People are working. At, people are working from home. How are you going to reach people when they're at home? Print media, direct mail, every door direct mail, shit you get from your, you know, mail guy, advertisements, like advertisements in the mail. Like people now look forward going to their mailbox because <laughs> you know they weren't able. That's it's normally detached from their home in most areas. You're like, okay, I'm gonna walk outside. I just need a reason to go outside. That's actually considering COVID. I actually see that. See, come on, man. Print media is not dead. That's why I tell people, I'm like, dude, everyone's like, oh, print's dead, print's dead. And I'm like, dude, aren't you not excited to go to your mailbox now if it's out detached from your home? I'm like, dude, I was like, all right, I'll go walk over there and get my mail. I know it's like 30 feet, but like, dude, I'm out my house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. Um, that being said, like, there's so many other ways that, like, there's concepts that you can learn in terms of marketing, um, that you can kind of utilize, you know, um, but I don't think you need to go to school for a lot of the new stuff, but getting the concept, yes, but I feel like you can take classes or get a, and a certification or accredited in certain things and use that towards your, you know, job or whatever it is that you want to do. Well, pivoting it back to my little brother, mm-hmm. like, uh, and my family, essentially that, um, I just see the change and most of the thing I see manifesting right now is education, this, this seeking for education. And then now since he's going to Central state, I know how to work the financial aid system. I know how to work, tell him what to do in terms of living on campus. Like, yo, just major in French, just go make a ton of friends. I mean, like the studies be on a back. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, you know, that I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but at the same time, it's like, if you're going to college, like, Yes, you can major in friends, but also you have to work on your schooling. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 dude. Like, even I, Elon I Musk said it on Clubhouse, where it's just like his kids. Like, this is one of the smartest guys in fucking damn near human history. 
Like besides Tom Baker, yeah, besides John Baker, who's next up? Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Put some respect on his name. You said John Baker. I said Tom Baker. No, you it's said recorded. John. It's recorded. It's recorded. We could play that back. Uh, anyways, I was in the flow. So Tom, I love you. Anyways, you can hear this. You yeah, whatever. Um, Eli, even Elon Musk said on Clubhouse that his kids just learn from YouTube. I mean, yeah, that is true. So yeah, it's dude, just like yo, I learned you're so much l- shit from YouTube. I learned, I learned shit from TikTok. All this podcast stuff that you see was all from YouTube. They're not gonna teach you that in fucking school though. I mean, dude, like, but those are certain things. Right, like there's certain tasks and certain things that you can do by learning on YouTube. Yeah, you know, like like how to set up all these noise noise gates and everything to make sure the quality of our voices sound really good was all fucking YouTube. Throw a sound effect in there right now. Boom. Come on, why'd you pick that? One? You know what I'm saying? So uh, these are all about to be reprogrammed later. You're gonna hear some funny stuff coming up soon. Wah, wah, wah. That's I think Mike. that's this one. Oh, whoops. That's Mike when he first put the press the button. He should hit that. Anyway, <laughs> so I mean, like you know, like I understand, like Elon's kids use um, YouTube, but that's solving problems, right? But you can learn a lot of things through YouTube. Like, don't get me wrong, like, dude, like most of my time, the way I consume media, it's I follow people on YouTube, and like while I'm working, I have their stuff running in the background, mm-hmm. you know, to like understand like what's going on. Okay, this person is a professional, or I want to learn something, want to you know do certain things. And I have it in, in the other background while working, you know? That's why I can I do the same media. thing. Kathy Wood, I'm listening to, are from Ark Invest. Jordan Peterson, uh, who else? I mean, like, even for fun entertainment, like uh, The Breakfast Club, really good. Um, this is, like, off the top of my head. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, like, I watch the same shit, right? Like, yeah. Breakfast Club, like, Andrew, our boy, Schultze. Schultze. Um, I've been actually doing a lot of research on podcasting, so I've been watching um, Impulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, Valuetainment is another one I listen to watch. I, I used to listen to Valuetainment. I don't really anymore. Um, what's his name? Vlad TV. I listen to him sometimes. Chamath Paliapatia. Yeah, and all these guys, you know, and then because they give out information, you know, and like that's stuff that I'm using and utilizing to bring back here. Mm-hmm. You know, to help improve the podcast for, you know, all you listeners out there. And uh, when we bring our YouTube stuff back, we will see it on YouTube and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I get that 100%. So thanks, my man. But, like, that's what I said. Uh, I see the change, and I like it, and I see where it's going. So so kind of diving into the topics that we have today. Yeah, so let's go. Um, as a millennial, do you feel like there's a lot of pressure of having your shit together early? Me personally, or just as a generation? Uh, well, let's talk talk with you personally, and then we'll go our generation. So, speaking of me, I'll leave this to you as well. Uh, speaking of me personally, honestly, I kind of got rid of, and this has been a major uh, realization for me through therapy, is getting rid of the savior mentality that I kind of have. Um, in, in that sense of, I thought I needed to have my shit together. I thought I needed to be... Married kids, good job. Um, pretty much that. Having the white picket fence, the American dream, essentially. Um, and now I don't. Like, uh, a lot, and I know a lot of first generation uh, millennials put that on themselves. I know that was prevalent in San Jose State. A lot of us were just first generation trying to figure it out. And we feel like we had to have it together at so young, like 19, 20, 21 this so young, uh, it's inspiring, motivating energy to be around, but it's, uh, it's not good for your mental health. It's just not. And I kind of got rid of that savior mentality. Uh, probably when I was 26, because I realized through therapy that 
the saviorism mentality causes you suffering. That mentality does nothing but cause you suffering. And uh, when I got rid of that at 26, I realized that I could actually just be. I could actually just be and enjoy, which has actually allowed me to do this podcast with you, bro. Really? Why is that? Um, because it's it it's a it's a kind of like a labor of love. Because I really could just chill back in my crib, put my feet up, and just talk. Versus, like, I feel like I have to be working all the time. So, um, I'll speak it from that. And then speaking from, like, our generation is, like, I hope maybe I can help three people from what I just said. Is that saviorism mentality just causes you suffering. Where you can just be and enjoy your life. Because there's more to life than just trying to have your shit figured out. And usually when you say trying to have your shit figured out, it's the job or the money coming in, the status, the prestige, um, maybe married kids, whatever that looks like for you. Just kind of like sit and enjoy life. No matter where you're at, make time for yourself to enjoy your life. So that's just me. So what about you, Mike? Um, so I, you know, like early on in my life, I probably said I was like 21, 22. Um, I used to, feel like people should have their shit together mm-hmm. but i realize now that that's because of me like feeling like i had my shit together you know i mean from the outside looking in like you know i'm doing really well for my age and um people are like well you must have your shit together and i mean like dude to be quite honest i do have a lot of my shit together um but there's a lot of stuff that like i'm still working on on a you know day-to-day basis like everybody else you know um and I used to press that out onto people that I cared about. Facts. You know? And it wasn't a good thing. And I really, really pressed out some people who didn't deserve it, you know, and they're just trying to figure stuff out with their life. And I just didn't understand at that point. Now I understand that it was like a really bad thing that I did. And, you know, like it really sucks. And like, you know, it really helps. It really, it didn't, it didn't help my relationship with these people, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't really talk to them anymore. Um, and I feel like, you know, you know, Part of it's my fault, but, you know, I just, I was just stuck in this mentality of, like, I can't be around you for sure it's not together, you know, um, and which isn't, which isn't a good way to be, you know, like, let people live their life and go through their cycle and just love them for who they are, you know what I'm saying? When so, did you get, how old were you when you got rid of the mentality, and what prompted you to that evolution to adopt that mentality? Honestly, it was, like, this year, last year, to be honest with you, um, because, dude, like, I took time to evaluate myself and evaluate people I surround myself with. And I was like, dude, like, I was a fucking dick. You know, like, I wasn't a good friend. And I could have I could have been a better friend, you know, to these people that I considered friends that I, like, you know, loved and cared about. And, you know, me. Define friendship for you versus, define friendship when you had that old mentality versus how you define friendship now. Well, I want to find friendship with that old mentality. It's just me as a person. It's it's me and who I am, right? And them looking at the pressure that I'm putting on people that I love, like, why am I putting this pressure on you? Like, I should let you live your life and figure it out. Like, why am I trying to be the savior when, you know, J. Cole says, don't save them. They don't want to be saved. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, 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 but. You know, like it's 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 kind of like let people live their life and go through the stuff that they want to go through, and don't don't press my for pressure on about the stuff they're doing. You know, like and it really sucks. You know, like I feel like I've ruined some relationships 
because of that mentality. Because like not everyone's there, right? Everyone runs a race at a different pace, mm-hmm. you know. And I had to understand that. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, yeah, I actually, I actually agree. I have some uh, friendships that I've ruined because of that too. Yeah, I've had that. Uh, just like you, literally, just like you, like getting in the process of getting my shit together. Like, um, shit, I even go to, like, my dad and shit. I was like, dude, like, why don't you have your shit together? Like, why didn't you have your shit together to help me get my shit together? Why do I have to fucking bang my head against the wall and figure this shit out on my own? Kind of the anger inside internally. I got a lot of release through therapy. But, I mean, like, dude, talk about your dad, like, but when is the right time to have your shit together? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Dude, like, like, that's something that, that people, some people may never get their shit together. You know, some people may just coast through life, like going on it for, you know, God knows how long. But but when is the right time? I don't think that's a question that anyone can really answer. It's really up to that individual mm-hmm. personally. Like some people like you have your shit together by your 30. Right. I don't know. I just kind of mostly were like, dude, if you want to have your shit together by your like 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, if you're not doing it by 35 as a man, like, you know, we'll talk about, you know, mm-hmm. stand. Oh, what, 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 what's the word called? Traditional, traditional, tr- traditional gender roles. roles. Yep. Um, based on traditional gender roles, right? Um, a woman is not going to want to be with you as a man if you're just not together and you're 35. Yep. Right? Like, you actually statistics for that too. But most of that is for Western women though too as well. Okay. I mean, <laughs> sure. Like, I'll just, I'll disagree <laughs> with you on that. Like, I don't know. I have no, uh, I have no uh, thoughts behind that. But anyway, I mean, but because no one's going to want to be with a man who doesn't have their shit together by the like, you know, mm-hmm. 36, right? You're like, dude, like it's time to hunker down and you can't be living with mom and, you know, trying to figure it out. And it's like, dude, like, what are you doing? That's you a know? big millennial generational problem, too, where a lot of us are still living with our parents. I don't think that's a problem. I don't either. No, but dude, like that's not a millennial thing. That's just here. Oh, no, that's a millennial thing. I I, I feel like it's, Google dude. It. Dude, here in the Bay Area. That's very prevalent in the Bay Area. That's it is extremely prevalent because it is so fucking expensive to live here. But also nationwide, I wouldn't say almost argue globally. Like, yeah. Housing is expensive globally. Um, that is a big problem for our millennial generation, is this kind of after college moving back home to uh live with mom and dad. Um, and I don't see that see that as a problem. Like there's so many advantages of that too. You save money. You probably get uh, free rent or at least reduced rent because it's fucking expensive, especially in the Bay. Um, food was another one. Uh, you reconnect with your family, you reconnect, probably rekindle and reconnect relationships with your mom and dad. And I think that's a big benefit, honestly. So to statistically, well, because of COVID, right? So we'll take the statistic from 2019. Mm-hmm. So in 2019... Um, the peak of young adults ages 18 to 29, it's 47 percent that live at home with their parents. Now, compare that to the baby boomers. Uh, well, dude, like, because like my mother moved out when she was 21, mm-hmm. my right. mom moved out when she was 16. Yeah, I mean, I get that. That's <laughs> shit. I was like, fuck. I mean, uh, really, 16? Yeah, bro, your mom's a trooper, a trooper. Yeah, a trooper. she is. Four yeah. kids by herself. <laughs> yeah, she's a trooper. Shout out, moms. He love you. Can't wait to see you this weekend. Wait, when when your your mom had four kids? Yeah. When did she have her first kid? What age? Uh, I think twenty one. Oh, okay. I mean, I well, that's fine. That's another segment too. It was like us having kids. <laughs> I mean, like Mike Lee. When are you having kids? Thirty six. 
<laughs> not anytime soon. How old are you, Mike Lee? Old enough. Oh. <laughs> not 36. <laughs> you got your shit together like a, gr- a 36-year-old, huh, Mike Lee? Hey, man. Credit score booming, huh? Credit score booming. Business and personal, huh, Mike Lee? Booming. Booming, broski. <laughs> Facts, same. <laughs> what you know about that credit score? Uh, business and personal, a lot of people don't know about man, that. Man, it's true, it's true, it's true. But yeah, man, like I just feel like going back to the whole pressure thing, I just feel like, you know, like I don't think there's a pressure to live at home, to be honest. No. Like, dude, like, of course there's like pros and cons, right? You know? I mean, if you're living at home, if you're, let's just take a normal, normal college student. If you're living at home, fresh out of college with college student debt, like that's avenue to pay that shit off. Like cut your living expenses, save and invest like for your, like for yourself, just facts. Um, I see nothing wrong with that. That is just huge advantages. And like, I hope anyone listening to this feels no pressure to uh, like move out, like develop the relationships with your mom and dad, like save money, invest, all that good stuff. Learn new skills, all that. I don't know. I mean, personally, it depends like what your household is like. Yeah, that too. Like some people don't have healthy households that they should be living in. I think they should get the fuck out of it if it's unhealthy. Yes. Or they feel like the house that they live in stumps their growth. You know, I agree. Your environment is uh, a big determinant, not only genetically, but there is another one was a Stanford University released a study that pretty much said zip code is destiny. So where you live and who you live with really determines your outlook on life and your opportunities and all that, all that shit, all that jazz. I agree 110 percent. So um, next topic that we have on for today um Marriage, family, and kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting married at least until like 32, 33. What do you want to talk about this topic? <laughs> what in the world? We kind of covered a little bit. Kind of got hard of ourselves too. Jarrell Street snuck this into the podcast notes today. Hey, because it factors in though. It really does. I mean, like, dude, for me, like, honestly, like, I wouldn't want to be married until. I mean, dude, like, honest, I won't put an age to it. You know, because, like, if I meet the one, it's a one. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll get married tomorrow if it's the one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not I'm not worried about that. Um, but for me to have a family and have kids, it also depends on how I'm set up. You know, like, yeah, I could close a fat deal and make $5 million tomorrow and be like, all right, cool, I'm set. I can have kids now and I got a nice place. Everything's all set up. I know that feeling, though. That, I got I lost that feeling during COVID. You lost what feeling? So during COVID, I was making some pre-COVID, I was making really good cash, uh, in-person, personal training. Um, and I lost it. Like, it just, like, fucking, once fucking COVID hit, 90% of my business went away. Yeah, that's true. I know how you feel. Um, Mike went through that, too. We already talked about it before. But yeah, like, we talked about it. That feeling I had, that it was like an internal, visceral feeling. I was 27 at the time, and I was just like, yo, I got shit. Like, I, I got this. Like, if some shit happened, I got this. Like, I could take care of shit. Mom's what you need. I got it. Like, use my card. Uh, Big baller. Like, uh, Shot caller. Bro, 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 you good? You need something? I got you, dog. Like, don't worry about it. Hit me. Just pay me later, dog. I don't trip. Don't worry about it. It's like the visceral feeling of, like, I could handle shit. Like, if I was to actually settle down and, like, have some kids, if something happened, I was like, yo, like, yeah, I could actually, I could handle this. Like, I could actually, I could take care of things. Dan, you're passing out money like that? 
Let me hold it down. Hey, man. I, I, I was tired of moms and auntie buying the, the low quality stuff. I was like, just get the high quality shit. But I really don't care. As long as you're eating well. Because I'm over here sipping blueberry ginger tea and manuka honey. I'm good. I'm like, yo, what y'all need? Like, I got it. And I was very, I was very happy to do that. I feel like a man doing that shit. True. So it feels good as a man viscerally to take care of your family. It just does. And so I had that feeling. Um, Slowly but surely getting that back. But um, for like a good, my my guy, like a good seven months, I was, I was riding high on like, I got this. I feel like a fucking man for the first time in my life. I know how you feel. Yeah. I know exactly how you feel. So it's just like, man. Yeah, dude. Um. So, like, that's another thing that I don't think uh, women don't understand about men is just, like, we need to feel in that visceral feeling that I just described. We need to feel set up before we actually can consider and have that conversation to to settle down. Because how we think, like, the neuroplasticity of our brain just thinks about solving problems and having resources to actually have kids and settle down and all that good stuff. Um, and I felt that for a good seven months and I know I'm, I'm like getting that feeling back slowly. So I like that. Yeah, man. I've done a lot. Yeah, man. So like, uh, I do want to have kids, but, uh, I do want to have kids. I love the relationship I have with my brother Garland. It's a harmony that I do not have with anybody else. It's like a certain vibe that only solely exists and it's very unique between me and my brother. So I definitely want to have more than two kids for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I would want to have three boys. Three boys? No girl? You have a little sister. But anyways, I'm going to talk about love for my little sister. I love this girl. Like, there was something about when my mom brought her home and I saw her for the first time that just changed me. I was like, 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 there's something about a woman's energy when it's present in a man's life that completely changes him. Like, completely, like, you ever heard of the book, The Way of the Superior Man? Uh, No. It is a fabulous book, Broski, and I highly recommend you read it. It's all about the feminine and masculine energy. And then when my little sister, when I met my little sister, this tiny little thing, I was like, man, like, I got to, like, change and take care of her. Like, I just want to, like, help her. All that. All those emotions fluttered through. And, uh, uh, like, I do. I have a sauce for her. I really do. And it's, like, unique, and I love it. Same soft spot I have. It's it's different for my little brother, too. I love him in a way of, like, I really want him to grow as a man, and I want to give him resources and education and all that good stuff for him to grow, too, as well. But it's it's something unique about my little sister. But, yeah, that's me. So topic number three, uh, what are your thoughts on the guru and course world? Like, what do you think about this whole, like, so I've been following this guy on um, YouTube called Coffee Zella. You should look him up. So basically, like, there's, he's a guy that, like, exposes a lot of, like, fake gurus on the internet. Mm-hmm. So, like... He ran a big, like, expose campaign on all these big guys. Like, he had a VC come on and talk about how there's so many fake gurus on Clubhouse and how people say that they made nine figures in ten-finger businesses. I have five ten-figure businesses, and I'm going to teach you how to do blah, blah, blah. Just buy my course. It'll cost you $1,000, but I promise you, too, will have a ten-figure business. And he had a guy that come up and was like, yeah, that's all bullshit. Because <laughs> the guy's a VC. Like, he's, he's an actual VC here in the mm-hmm. Bay. Um, I think his Twitter name is at Jason because he was one of the first investors in Twitter, mm-hmm. one of the first investors in Uber, one of the first investors in another company. Um, you can look it up. I am right now. And so um, I just like to, you know, I know you're a big clubhouse guy. 
I was on Clubhouse for a while. I haven't been on in a while. Yeah, I've been busy. But um, what are your thoughts on these guys that are like self-proclaimed gurus and are like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm the shit. You know, he talked about like Ty Lopez. He talked about um, Grant Cardone. He talked wow. about They're heavy hitters. Yeah. And then so the thing he said about Grant Cardone is that like Grant. Oh, he talked about like Damon John's program that he has. Wow. Damon? Damon John. And wow. he was like, dude, like all these guys, they are Internet marketers. Well, yes, yes, they're internet marketers, but the stuff that they're giving out is, like, stuff you can find on YouTube. It's not anything that's, like... That's the thing, though. Like, I I, I agree. Like, so And they're charging you an ungodly amount of money for it, you know? Like, yeah. dude, $1,000 for a course I could spend 20 minutes on YouTube to learn? I mean, like, dude, like, it, it's not their fault, right? Because mm-hmm. people buy into it. It's not the problem, but... They buy into the person. Like, for example, my shit. Like, my fitness shit. But, All this shit's on the fucking internet. But yours is different, though. How to describe it then. I'm actually interested in that. What is the characteristics? Okay. So like, so A. Run an audit on me. Okay. No, but it checks out. Okay. You're not charging like an ungodly amount of money. How much are you charging? For in-person, it's different. For no, online, I'm talking about your online course that you're launching this week. <sighs> that's just a hundred bucks. Okay. Exactly. hundred dollars. Right. That, that's affordable. Right. You know, if someone were to book you in person, they would, you bill them out what, like hundred, hundred fifty dollars an hour. Right. Yep. So, I mean, still whatever rich point, but, um, so, but that being said, it's just kind of like, you know, people are charging a thousand dollars for a course. And if they want to book time with you, it, it, it isn't the equivalent of what your hourly rate would be. Like it, mm-hmm. w- what the VC talks about is the fact that why don't you just pay for a few hours of their time, right? 150, $250 an hour, whatever, yep. three hours. And you can learn the same thing mm-hmm. and you get one-on-one time with somebody versus like paying like, you know, $5,000 for a course and you don't get anything out of it, you know? And he and then the guy goes to talk about like you know Tony Robbins. It goes to talk about like you know the whole Tony Robbins thing. And you know when it comes down to Tony Robbins, like people pay for it's a business conference, right? It's mm-hmm. different. People are willing to spend five thousand dollars for a four or five day conference to be with Tony Robbins and do all stuff for what eight hours a day times five forty hours. Forty hours five thousand dollars. What two? Th- there's a lot of math behind that. I'm not gonna do the math right now, but mm-hmm. um, people are spending that per hour, right? You're like, all right, cool. Like it's worth it because it's all the time that you're spending but you know like people are just like hey you know the information that we're giving you you know it's the best thing since sliced bread and grant cardone talks about taking people's like last dollar like dude like if you have a thousand dollars left someone asked him this question actually it's recorded on coffeezilla i really enjoy stuff actually he goes if you have a thousand dollars left or the person who's buying your course is a thousand dollars left it's christmas time and they need to buy gifts for their child what would you tell them to do he says, buy the course. I was like, you're a scumbag. <laughs> and, and, then, and, then, and then, and then, well, Damon John was like, I would tell him buy the course. And then Grant's like, hey, I'd say the same thing. Because, like, dude, like, like you're taking someone's last dollar. Like, it's. But that's the thing that most of the gurus talk about is mindset stuff. But at the same time, like, are you actually teaching them, like, a step-by-step? This is actually how you produce, make money online, everything like that. At least teach it. Are they teaching skill sets that allow people to elevate their position, like their socioeconomic status? Other than that, you're just buying the same information's on YouTube. You're just buying into the person. That's it. Like my style of fitness is this: people are buying into me. All this information's online. Like I'm right. creating nothing new. Like right. to be clear, I am creating nothing new. It's just me, my personality attached to uh my programs like the science of training all that type of stuff like even with the mental health stuff like 
mental health isn't going anywhere. That's true. Like, like that's it's not it's nothing's changed. We're still using Freud. We're still using um, uh, Carl Jung. Like it's, it's like the principles. These aren't of psychology. Uh, the the thought leaders haven't changed. Uh, it's just been modified. That's it. I want to. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just like it's just you're absorbing the mental health portion of, for example, I have a community called Mentally Fit, and you're just absorbing the mental health information because it's presented by me and the personality of me and the persona of me. So it's it if it helps, at least if it helps, but most of this information is just on YouTube, like seriously. Right, that's true. So uh, in terms of like how my perspective on the guru world. Like if it's bullshit, and that's another thing. You you just see their in their budgets behind their marketing is so powerful, and their PR is so powerful that people don't see the game. Where you don't see hell. Like I don't see people talking down upon Grant Cardone. I see it. I see it a little bit with uh, Ty Lopez. A little bit. A, a little, a lot of bit <laughs> with Ty Lopez. Dude, the fool's getting like dumpster fire. Yeah, but the whole book of day shit that was bullshit. Like, come on, bro. Um. If you were guys remember those YouTube commercials, uh, but also I think Damon though for sure, Damon is somebody I can relate to in terms of like, yo, I respect your fucking story, and I will listen to you, and I, yes, I will pay for your course if I was something I was into, if I got pulled into your your funnel, but I'm not in it. But go ahead, I want to hear from you. Um, going back to the topic of college, do you think someone should go to school for psychology? For psychology? Because mm-hmm. you talked about all these other things that I would I don't know anything about. Yeah. You said all these. You know, I I know being a psychologist. Well, you have to go to school for that shit. No, what I'm saying is like, do you think someone should? If you're entering, I'll say this. There's two parts to your question. Thank you for asking too. If you're trying to study anything in the mental health domain and call yourself a mental health professional, you need to be going to school and a good school at that. Because this shit is no joke. It's something to play with. Like if somebody's having an anxiety attack or going through a depressive episode or talking themselves out of suicide, I've had to deal with that um in person that is some serious shit so you need to know what you're talking about and that's why people don't market mental health services you don't see that publicly uh too often blatantly in your face you don't even see psychologists or um uh like uh people have their side d's and stuff like that. you don't see them marketing themselves um it's changing with social media because people see how detrimental social media is to like mental health uh, surprisingly, it's like they're actually using social media to help <laughs> people with their mental health. So it's all, exactly, it's oxymoron. Um, but if you were to study psychology, um, a few, I would go to school for it, but I would apply it to, I would study humans, how human nature is, like, uh, like behavioral psychology, that's super important, to consumer psychology, and I would apply it to business. Once you learn that, you're good. So that's me. So yeah. yes, the answer to your question is yes. Cool. I like it. So those are three topics that we had for to kind of chat about today. Yeah, man. Um, next episode, we're going to be bringing on a guest. Um, we actually have three guests lined up. Um, four, actually. No, it's three. We have a few guests lined up. We're stacked. So um, if you're interested in uh, being on our show, DM us on Instagram at Millennial Lifestyle Pod. Um, and we will have our team reach out to you and um, see if you'll be a good fit. But please know, you got to know what you're talking about. And you don't have to be a millennial. 
right? You just have to, mm-hmm. you just have to. I do want to have other generations on here, experts. Yeah, but you have to be able to speak to the millennial, the millennial generation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but most um, definitely, um, um, we're gonna call it a wrap, and this is a Millennial Lifestyle Podcast with Nerd with Abs, and it's Mike Lee. All right, y'all, have a good one. Thank you. Peace. Peace.